0: Coming to you live on digital from the Harby's 419 Man Cave in Holland, Ohio. I'm Rocket Ryan Brandt.
1: I'm Pat Gillick, PJ Spiller.
0: I'm Ben Sullivan, Big Ben. I am Dan Rocketman Savage. And of course, we should say this is the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad podcast. We're not in our normal studio, and we have Kyle W. Smith, who... Uh, who hauled all his, his equipment over here to uh, the man cave, my man cave. And, uh, Kyle, we appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's, that's why he's the engineer. It's right. He's, he's got us all dialed in. The yeah, ones right.
2: and the twos. Exactly. The ones and the fours, even. It had to be said.
0: So coming up on this edition of the Midnight Balloon Gold Launchpad, we will uh, talk about Transfer Portal news and signing day. We'll preview the Arizona Bowl coming up this Saturday against Wyoming down in Tucson. We'll predict the scores for that game, and we'll talk even a little men's and women's basketball. But first, let's get the bad stuff out of the way. At least it's bad for us, good for the players involved, and that is the transfer portal, and we lost some good ones.
2: Yes, that we did, for sure. Uh, initially, we lost Micah Kelly, one of the first ones to go into the, into the portal. Then Vinny Scurry, the junior inside uh, offensive lineman. Uh, Daquan Finn uh, got into the portal and went into Baylor, or went out to
1: Baylor. And with the further undecideds... Yeah, we have, um, there's a redshirt sophomore wide receiver, Jared F- Jared France, who is still undecided. We're not sure exactly on where he's going to go. Um, another redshirt sophomore, Punter, um, is also
0: undecided. He's from Australia, so... Jonathan Baske, our starter last year during the 22 campaign.
1: Yeah, it should be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. And he's somebody that none of us
2: even knew was on the team anymore, but it might have been a scholarship kind of you know, visa
1: agreement yeah who knows and then we've got um a redshirt sophomore safety chris gales also undecided not really sure where he's gonna end up yet and then the latest addition and this one hurts the boys deep one multiple offensive player of the weeks from the boys here at the midnight blue and gold launchpad
0: podcast offensive player of the year in the
1: mac yeah penny boone um junior running back is undecided as well so it should be very interesting to see where uh penny ends up yeah, guys, your thoughts on the Penny Boone transfer?
3: Uh, it sucks so bad. I know, yeah, it right? It really does. Um, I, what are you going to do now? I, I mean, mean... It's the world we live
2: in. I, I I can't, you know, shame him or, you know, be pissed at him for, for doing this. No. He's trying to make himself uh, put into a better opportunity where he can get more money, get more exposure possibly, and... You know, but best of luck to him, but it does really suck.
3: Yeah, coming into the 2023 campaign, if you would have told me Toledo was going to end up for their bowl game 11-2, and two, Daquan Finn enters the transfer portal, and Penny Boone enters the transfer portal, I would have said, oh, he must have uh, lost his job to Jacquez and he yeah, wasn't right. getting many carries. Instead, Jacquez gets banged up early in the year, Penny Boone shows out and uh, earns MAC Offensive Player of the Year, so that one stings.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's kind of the the silver lining of the deal is that they both played so well and they both built their own value individually as as players and as, you know, name, image and likeness evolves. There's going to be more of these scenarios where guys from smaller schools, not really sure on their future in the NFL, but they can potentially go get 200 grand, 300 grand, 400 grand from a school for their final year of eligibility. And who can you who can I? blame
0: you can't blame him for that for going to take two hundred no. thousand dollars my Did- big thing is though now it's a lot different animal as far as the exposure goes because right now every game's on tv they can be yeah. seen by everybody all the time so that's not as big of a thing i i, I understand the money situation yeah but man you can look at uh, quinion mitchell could be great arguably a first round pick
1: great example
0: one of the best cornerbacks in the country and he played here so I'm starting to think that, you know, the money is the big thing there. And for that, you can't blame them. Yeah. And, and if, but one of the things I saw recently, I don't know, Dan, did, did you
2: see it on Twitter where there was a study done by The Athletic and out of the 182 G5 to P5 transfers last year, their playing time diminished. Wow. Mm. It was it was something like a sixty-five percent ratio of those hundred and eighty-five players that their playing time diminished once they got to the P5 program. And some of them were, you know, didn't even start. Yeah, and a lot of it they're saying is based on playing playing time. If you can make 60 percent of the snaps, you're going to get this much NIL money. Mm. If you can be a starter for 80 percent of the games, you can get this much NIL money. So I think there's a lot more that goes into this than a lot of people realize.
3: Yeah, I think it just depends on where you go. If you end up at like a really high major, like one of the top 10 blue buds, you're definitely going to lose playing time going from the Mac player of the year to a Michigan or an Ohio State. But if you end up at an Indiana or something like that, like we just saw Curtis Rourke from Ohio transfer to Indiana, right? that might be somewhere where he's going to you know, continue to get the percentage of snaps.
2: Well, in, in, even at Baylor, I mean, I don't know what they have in, in their pocket as far as yeah. quarterbacks. So Daquan might have you know, a double bonus there. They but yeah, have
0: but a guy that started a few games this year, and I, I think he got hurt or something like that. Don't quote me on it. Because I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I saw something about <laughs> about that, that this guy had played some this year, and they will battle it out for the starting position. But Baylor was a garbage team this year; Are they three and nine. Oh yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, and they've and been
1: th- they've been bad ever since Matt Rule left. They haven't been worth a you know tissue in the wind. Worth a tinker's dam. Yeah, worth a tinker. I gotta add that to my vernacular: a tinker's <laughs> dam. Yeah, they the haven't been, been worth anything since Dave Aranda took over for Matt Rule. I mean, it, Matt Rule's on his second job since right. since they've been relevant. So it'll be interesting. And I, I hope the best for, for Daquan, and I hope he wins that job. I hope he resuscitates that program to a certain extent. But it is going to be extremely interesting looking ahead towards next year, or the following year to see what kind of trends continue to evolve in front of us with the NIL. Because I think that's the biggest factor, as Ryan mentioned. It's not so much exposure anymore. It's it's dollars and cents. If you're a baller, they will find you. There is not a, you know, Kareem Hunt's having a great career, and he's, you know, he was at Toledo his entire career. Like, it's not a matter of, oh, I have to transfer so I can go to the league. It's a matter of, I'm not sure what my career in the league is going to be, so let me go transfer, make at least $200,000 my senior year. And at least I'll be uncle of the year for a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. So,
2: that being said, guys, what are your thoughts on the possible landing spot for Penny Boone? I don't, I mean, I know it's recent. It just happened yesterday.
0: It's just all, the the wound is so fresh. Yeah. (laughs) Pair him up with Ray J and
3: Daquan and just send him to Baylor. Dave Aranda's on the hot seat there. I think he's looking to just make it out for
0: one more year. Um, Get Baylor to 500 and then everyone will be happy. And then, (laughs) and personally, you know, as a, uh, (laughs) exactly, as a, as a, as a Mac fan, I, I, want, I don't want him to go to the Big Ten. Just, just get him down well, there. See him, that? That's
2: yeah. what I was thinking. With his size and his ability, I mean, he is a perfect Big Ten exactly. running back.
3: Yeah, and, you know, if you bought some of that Penny Boone merchandise that just dropped on the NIL store, um, you can give it to me at a discounted <laughs> price, and I will just cross out Penny and write Daniel Boone, and that'll be my new
0: nickname on the podcast. Ooh, Ooh, there you <laughs> go. I like it. I like I, it. I, it's got a nice I, drink to it. You kid. heard it here first. Okay, and while we did lose some, we gained some via the transfer portal. Ezekiel Blake, cornerback from Youngstown State, is coming here. Terrell Crosby coming from Iowa State to Toledo. He's a safety, 5'11", 185-pounder. Big fella, Alan Jones, 6'8", 369 pounds. They didn't want to say 370 because that would just make him sound too big. (laughs) So he's he's only a two-star, but he's coming from Prairie View A&M. We got Jacob James, Jacob James Jingleheimer Schmidt, I think. (laughs) His name is my name, too. Anyway, he's an offensive tackle. He's coming from Ohio State, 6'5", 297. And then Jadarius Perkins, a cornerback out of Florida. He is transferring here. Like I said, a cornerback, foot 186. And he is a four-star on one of, coming out of high school, he was a four-star. So that's a nice get right there. So
2: you guys, do you think that Coach Parker is just salivating at this transfer class? I mean, you've got a 6'3 cornerback coming in. You've got a 5'11 three-star safety coming in. And you've got a potential four-star six-foot cornerback coming in. Well, the the
3: proof is in the pudding as far as the DBs that we've put in the you NFL know, the last I mean, five look years. At Why wouldn't you want to come here? Exactly, yeah. and this is not a great passing league, at least right now. It, you know, it, it cycles and it comes back around. But if you continue to have the best, you know, passing defense in the conference, uh, your your ceiling is is a lot higher than the rest of the conference, and your floor is capped basically at six and six, uh, which is what we've seen with the Toledo Rockets over right. the last fifteen years. For
1: Fantastic sure. way to put it, Dan. At the end of the day, if you have a strong back end. It's hard for you to be atrocious. It's hard for you guys, it's hard for you to field a terrible team if teams have a hard time throwing on you. And we've traditionally been, I mean, I don't want to say solid. I think sometimes we have been suspect against the run. But our linebacking core has been pretty good for a handful of years now.
2: I was going to say last year's team with uh, Jamal Hines and uh, a pretty stout. The Johnson defense. fellas. Yeah, Both the Johnson, the Johnson fellas. Johnson and Johnson. We, we, we have cycles that we go in, just like you said. You know, where we, we're, we're strong against the run. But the one thing that's been solid for the last few years is our pass coverage.
3: Yeah, you just see the Holman, the Womack, the Anderson, and then now it's going to be Mitchell and probably Hook and McDonald also in the NFL, at least, you know, trying out for teams. Yeah, even Bauer. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) even Bauer. Um, Depth is is so key, and, you know, kind of looking forward at this Wyoming matchup, they seem to think that they have some edges. And uh, this Wyoming team has not been particularly good on offense, so no.
0: I don't know how the heck they think they're going to be able to throw not the like ball. Like Josh us. Allen's coming back for an extra year, an extra game of eligibility. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I did see in terms of that exact point, Dan. I think Wyoming was 119th, <laughs> give or take ten. In passing offense in the country, I think they averaged 170 yards a game through the air.
2: They're definitely a more of a run team. Yeah, but even
1: then, you look at their running back stats, and it's like, okay, I'm not necessarily (laughs) shaking in my boots against this cat either. So it'll be really interesting to see what Wyoming tries to do to to score points. So that being said, let's get into that game a
2: little bit. Uh, The Rockets are playing on the 30th as of this recording, two nights from today, out in. Uh, Tucson, Arizona, in the Barstool Bowl, taking on the
0: Wyoming Cowboys. It'll be interesting, too, because um, from what I understand, the game will be seen on the CW network. And I think, are they normal announcers? Or are they going to, and then the the internet feed is going to be Fortnoy and the guys? Or how's that going to work? I think it's to be
3: determined. Okay.
2: So I I would imagine on the barstool feed it would probably be Portnoy and the guys, and then yeah, Big
3: Cat, or just maybe they just throw more of their antics and their like little. Because I feel like the barstool app isn't going to have too many commercials. The commercials last year were just promoting themselves. Yeah, right. So I think they'll maybe show the the beanbag race and the kick kick punt pass, all that stuff like that. Right. So if you want a more fun experience, I would try checking out the barstool app. Exactly, And, and I mean, if they bring you know Big Cat in, he
2: he's He's got a pretty direct tie with the University of Toledo.
0: And you know what, guys? You know I'm I'm dumb for even just well, I am dumb most of the time, but I'm dumb for not looking at the game notes. We got game notes here, so here it is. We got okay. It's going to be all one CW and the Barstool Sports app. Some guy named Jake Marsh on the play by play, and you got Portnoy and Katz as analysts. Caleb Presley and Adam Ferrone are your sideline reporters. So excellent. It's going to be the whole fam damley of barstool peeps caleb and uh jt shoemate
3: last year in the the basketball invitational when toledo played uh, i think it was uab in the first round it over Pre- philly yeah presley gave uh shoemate the mvp of the game trophy and, and that was an entertaining interview <laughs> i could imagine um so yeah so we kind of talked about the continuity that we're losing on offense going into this game um Wyoming, I'm not sure if they've had any players portal out, at least I, not starters. I think from what I heard
2: on their podcast, they've only had one, no starters, but right. one, one player who was really? a, he was, he started maybe two games this past season,
3: and I think he's a sophomore, and he portaled out. But okay. So one thing to kind of talk about as far as continuity-wise uh, is their coaching staff, which I don't, as far as as I've seen, Toledo hasn't lost any coaches. This is Craig Bowles' last game for Wyoming, the head coach, and uh, their offense. or their defensive coordinator Jay Savell will take over next year? Um, Mm. Their actually their offensive coordinator Tim Polasek is moving on to North Dakota State to be the head coach. So they will not have their offensive coordinator, which, like you said, is like 117th in passing yards this year and like a a bottom 30 offense. And and And
0: going to going to North Dakota State, and that's like, yeah, that's. What, that's do, you, shit. what that's, do you mean? That's, that's a great program. That's FCS royalty, actually. <laughs> yeah.
3: but Craig, so Craig Bull, before his, his last nine years at Wyoming, was North Dakota State's head coach from 03 to 13. Yeah. So any of those good national championship teams you probably remember it was probably Craig Bull. So there's yeah. definitely a, a pipeline there. Interesting. And he, and
0: who knows, maybe that guy who came along with him from right. North Dakota State is going back.
3: So. And then the next season, the defensive coordinator is going to be Craig Bowl's son at Wyoming. He is taking over the defensive coordinator job. So they they've kind of been mixing and matching some pieces. We don't know who's gonna play uh call the plays this year in the bowl game, but um Wyoming it's kind of just an interesting Dynamic and what they're what we're going to see from them a, a healthy team playing for their head coach his last game uh, before he retires but uh, maybe a hodgepodge assistant coaching pool
0: now the big question that everybody has is you're going from bowl to bowl can they get to a bowl next year with this new bowl does anyone have a guess I'm
3: very
2: confused <laughs> yeah does
0: anyone <laughs> does anyone have a guess are they
2: any relation to Al Bowl
0: they are not
1: believe are we it talking not. cereal bowl what's going on
3: Al- all right guys <laughs>
0: <continue. Nope. laughs>
3: Um, does anyone have a guess at the last time that Wyoming won nine games was,
0: uh, well, I, I don't, don't think
1: they did it when Josh Allen
3: was quarterback 2014. That that's one guess. Anybody else have a guess? I'm going to huh?
0: say, uh, 1987 when they played Oklahoma state in the, uh, holiday bowl. That's probably right. Cause it has not been done in the last 30 years. They okay, go eight wow. and
3: five all the time. So if you don't think motivation to win their ninth game against us, isn't going to be there. It's going to be there. That's
1: it's interesting you bring up motivation, Dan, and you brought up the the head coaching you know scenario with their head coach this being his last game. That was the main article I read about the preview of the game was if Mich- or Michigan cut that if Toledo <laughs> if, if Toledo can match Wyoming's essentially motivation if they can match their energy off the bus then they like UT. However, if Wyoming comes out and scores ten points in the first quarter and UT is struggling a little bit, you know it's a little stagnant on offense, then they think Wyoming could blow UT out of the out of the game. But I think it it almost plays to Wyoming's advantage that they have a new offensive coordinator because we discussed it. They, I mean, it's not like their current offensive coordinator has been lighting up the scoreboard or doing anything fantastic. No, it's almost better if they have somebody new to come in who potentially has. You know, he's got no risk. He didn't have a ton of time to prepare for this game. You might as well put in a game plan of super aggressive shot plays, super aggressive trick plays. I could see Wyoming coming out here and playing like this is their final game on the playground as an eighth grader, getting ready to go off to high school, and this is your last recess. You might as well call hook and ladders, you know, Hail Marys all freaking day.
3: You got and, nothing to lose. And the offense really, I mean, it hasn't been great for them. I guess it's actually been a step up from seasons past, which is, you know, kind of sad. Yeah. But <laughs> they defeated Texas Tech and Fresno State with this offense that doesn't really scare me. So you never know. Yeah. And they're definitely going to pull out some stops. They've seen Toledo's defense play. They know that there's not going to be a ton of points to be scored. And uh although their quarterback doesn't have pop off the screen numbers. He's thrown t- uh, twenty touchdowns and five picks, so he's pretty clean with the ball in the pocket. Yeah, and uh, if Toledo's not forcing turnovers like the MAC championship game, it's going to be an uphill battle.
1: No, it's a great, that's a great point, and I think the the scary part for us is how do we replace our productivity that we're losing? Obviously, Tucker Gleason's going to come in for Finn. Oh. Gleason's played very well. Oh, I I don't see any drop off really
2: in in my mind for what. Gleason, Our offensive has, goals should yeah, be. For what Gleason has done in the past and what he's capable of, I don't see in comparing to the way that Finn played towards the end of the year, I think it I don't know if it was you that told me that it looked like Finn was playing not to get hurt in the bowl in the championship game.
0: Yeah. That might have been one Pauly Newman. That
2: might have been Pauly Newveman, too. And I you know, the drop off is very minimal, I think, at that position. Now, as far as Jaquez there's going to be obviously a change in game plan there because you're different style of back, whole different style back. And I don't see a lot of different, you know, reasons to change any game plan other than those two positions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But we, you know, we know if, if Jacquez has a hole, he is fast. So it's, it's up to the O line, right? So who's going to back up scurry? Who's going to be able to, you know, step in, and build for next season. Honestly,
0: you know it's funny. I'm looking at the depth chart right here, and right now at left guard they have TBA. <laughs> starting, starting, your starting guard is TBA. I wonder what Carter Fouts. He's second. played
1: really well. TBA's played really well for us. Yeah, I've seen star. him on a lot of teams. <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been all over the. place. He has. Yeah, transfer porter, transfer portal hopper.
3: So, right. so Hold Wyoming TBA. <laughs> Wyoming is a little bit better uh, running the ball than passing. Um, their starting running back is Harrison Whaley, who played at Northern Illinois last year um but when we played him he had 13 carries for 27 yards so Hell that's yeah. something that we've seen before Dallas Gant Well, you know our our the middle of our defensive line there seen him play um their quarterback's also a runner though he's got a handful of touchdowns and and almost 500 yards rushing so i think
2: listening to their podcast the wyoming announcers earlier they said one of the things that they didn't like about his play is that our daquan finn early in his his career turnovers no he would just turn to run instead Mm. of instead of looking through your progressions and i think that's one of the things they they didn't like about their quarterback as far as you know the way he's played this year so if we can if we can lock up his progressions you know which we are super capable of i think he's gonna he's gonna break down and start to run you
1: know, I think I mean, that's another that's a great point, Pat. I think that's another advantage for us. Cause I don't think as you continue to work through your progressions against Toledo, you're gonna find a ton of openings. We've been over it, you know, several times on this podcast throughout the season. There's not a ton of weak spots in our back end. I mean, Emmanuel McNeil Warren, we we discussed all mm-hmm. those you know, prospects who have gone to the NFL, got drafted out of UT. Emmanuel McNeil Warren's probably the young guy right now who's played well enough to Kind of be like the heir apparent to that next stud UTDB. And he's the youngest guy back there. So it's like, who are you going to target? And if you're,
3: you're going to sit also and look for your reads, and as we have coverage sacks, our defensive line is going to get to you. I you don't know, care how good your offensive line is. You know, Judge is going to be heated too. Yeah, they are. Uh, after
1: getting ejected from the uh, MAC oh. championship. Are we going to have him back for this
2: game?
3: Yeah, so that was a first half ejection, so he is eligible well, to no. play.
2: I mean, he had surgery after the game
3: he actually had testicular cancer all season
2: shoot and he he luckily uh dr cruz one of the team doctors caught it uh right after the mac championship and he flew down to florida had surgery uh it was successful surgery he's cancer free uh but i don't know if he'll be back for this game it depends on you know what his rehab is i don't know what the timetable is for this but it's obviously something that can affect play for oh, sure 100%.
0: Yeah, he is listed at starting defensive tackle okay so
2: maybe he's good to go you know i don't know what they had to do as far as how how yeah. invasive the surgery was yeah but, but yeah he uh he put it out there about actually probably four days after or five days after the mac championship and I was just shocked, and I, I I had assumed that everybody knew, but yeah. So that if he's listed as the starter on the depth chart, that 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 that's a huge gain for us. Of course, yeah. Penny's still listed
0: as a starter too. But, yeah. but so still, maybe, maybe the thing this is, that just have happened. happened. Yeah, I was yeah, going to
1: say that's so, fresh. Right. That's yeah. I mean I think Penny posted his transfer portal announcement yesterday, yesterday yeah. but he officially joined today. Right, I saw on on three sports. Yeah, I had to double-check and look what the date was when I was doing all my transfer portal notes, and I was like, wait a second. Penny's in the portal? And looked at the date. It says he joined <laughs> December 27th. I'm like, that's today.
3: Well, uh, thoughts and prayers, hopefully, uh, you know, a speedy recovery, and we can see you out on the field. And and if not, uh, good luck getting ready for the NFL draft and, and how we, you pursue your career beyond football at the University of Toledo. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Real quickly before we uh, wrap up the football portion, you know, looking at Wyoming's schedule this year, they had a pretty good schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll be beating Texas Tech out of the Big 12, 35, 33 in double overtime. Hung tough with Texas, mm-hmm. losing 31-10. But then, you know, they barely beat Portland State, an uh, FCS F- uh, school. They struggled, but beat Appalachian State, um, beat New Mexico, beat Fresno State. I mean... Some pretty good teams there. Lost to Air Force, a good team. It yeah. was 8-0 at one point this year. Yeah. 34-27. Yeah, before their quarterback got hurt, so that was right, like right. a decent loss.
1: I think Air Force lost literally the next week, Yeah, if, yes. I, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep. Yep.
0: So then they lost to uh, Boise State, beat Colorado State, lost to UNLV, and then pounded Hawaii. So And from what I heard, the Boise State loss Nevada. was... was not a good loss at all,
2: they should have won that game. I don't know if something fluke wise happened, but they were going into that game as a favorite and ended up losing uh pretty pretty handily like thirty two to seven or something yep, like that exactly what it was
3: so I mean as far as the intangibles go, we've talked about motivation for them. This is their third Arizona Bowl in the last five seasons. Um, seeing pictures from Instagram, Toledo had our nice Arizona Bull track suits on. Wyoming didn't have any. Yeah, I don't think they're real happy <laughs> about being back there the third time. I've I've heard that they're still going to bring 10-plus thousand people, though. So uh, Yes, it's, it's
2: not too hard for them to get down there. And that,
3: yeah.
1: the funny thing, that's too... That's like half the state population. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: Uh, that's a little known fact, isn't it? I mean, there's uh, not even half a million people to live in the uh, great state of Wyoming. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, that is the only Division One school in the entire state. So yep. you know these people... They ride yeah, eat, for the Cowboys. And it. That's yeah. right. Good point. Live and breathe. They're all rider dies. That's right. And everything out there. We went out a couple years ago, and that, that Cowboy logo riding on the back of the of the mm-hmm. horse. That's everywhere. Oh, I believe it. because so like,
1: to your point, they don't even have, you know obviously they don't have any pro
0: teams either. Right. So this is literally yeah. this
1: is what they have. Anybody they that have likes Wyoming sports, sports,
2: unless you're in varsity rodeo, you know this is the only game in town. Yeah, Toledo. my cousin
1: got a scholarship. Really? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just, oh. I actually
2: had a good friend that, that <laughs> was on the varsity rodeo team in Houston when he went into high really? school. Yeah. <laughs> I it's, love that. Rodeo yeah. is a varsity sport in Texas.
3: Toledo is 2-0 and <laughs> against teams with brown in their colors this year, if that means anything to anybody.
1: Bet the house. Bet
3: the mortgage, honey. <laughs> there you go. The Toledo opened up as a one-point favorite. Now it's trending towards probably five as the Penny Boone news gets out, so... Um, there might be some money to make. I don't know. Wait, wait. wait. They went from a one-point favorite to a five-point favorite. No, Toledo five point went from a one-point
0: one-point favorite to a five-point well, dog. It's a under three dog. and
3: a half-point dog, yeah. but okay. it's gonna trend. The yeah. late money is yeah. gonna be on Wyoming. Yeah. So
0: yeah, just we might just want to wait before you make any wagers on this. Uh, yeah, this uh, do it right before the game. Ball game. I like the under.
3: Whatever like. it is, if it's forty-five and a half, I don't care. I I definitely see a game like the the Boca Raton Bowl last year, yeah, but minus us giving them a couple touchdowns late. Or the Central Michigan game, you know, a slow start, feel each other out, right. very I see, defensive. I see that happening. Okay. Yeah.
1: Not
0: in the way you think, feeling each other out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not
1: like that. There's kids listening. That's right. Um, all yeah. right, so Dan gave us a little sneak peek of his prediction. Ryan, do you have any any inkling to
0: for this game? You know what? Um, I'm going to go... With that, uh, I always got to pick the Rockets, yeah. and I have a good feeling about this. They're, they want to show that they have something to prove. They're, they're, they're pissed off after losing the MAC championship, won 11 games for Pete's sakes. So they're going to come out, and they're going to win. It's going to be a close one, 21-17, your final. Mark it down. Are you going to be in attendance? I'm going to be in attendance.
2: a boy. So I'll good. be
0: hollering and screaming, and I'll just be... I'm sorry,
2: what was your score again?
0: 21-17, okay. Rockets. Okay. okay. I will be there with bells on and pants. Thank God for that. Hell yeah. <laughs>
1: See, I'm actually expecting a little bit of fireworks in this one. I think both of, as we kind of touched on earlier, I don't think Wyoming's offensive coordinator, whoever is calling those plays, is going to feel any pressure whatsoever. I think they're going to open it up. They're going to get real tricky on us. Mm -hmm. But I also think Tucker Gleason's got a lot to prove, and I think he's going to come out and play really sharp. I'm going 34-31 Rockets. Mm -hmm. Rockets win and cover.
0: I hope you're more right just because that sounds more exciting. Yeah, a few more points. Yeah, I'll be excited about that. But I'm good with
1: 21-17 if that's as long how as they win. If but, that's how play, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm not far from your
2: your pick at, except for one thing. I don't think the going can be able to put that that many points. That many points. This. I'm looking at 31 to 8. Oh, whoa. Yeah, only because I, four sounds like a weird number. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a weird score early. You know, Wyoming's going to go for a two after after their only touchdown. And I think, like you said, Tucker Gleason's got a lot to prove. Jack West Stewart's got a lot to prove. And I think our offensive line has a lot to prove. And I think that being said, Wyoming's not going to be able to put up. I don't think they're, they're going to come anywhere near 28 points. If they do, I'll eat my words.
3: Yeah, I can see them making... Making a little bit of movement with special teams. Obviously, Toledo hasn't played well. Um, we did for a, a stretch this season, but against Miami, we played horrible. So if yeah. they see some holes that way, I guess see you know a fake pun or or something, yeah. onside kick that scores that way. But their kicker's ten of seventeen on the year. I think his last name's Hoyland or something. Um, they don't trust him at all. So there might be some fourth downs in plus territory where they just decide to go for it. Um, I don't see any, any threes or zeros on the scoreboard for them. So I'm going 21, seven rockets. Okay. So I, I think Pat kind
2: of, uh, mentioned something earlier about Gleason where I don't think it's something to prove. I think it's experience. Yeah. And he's definitely had plenty of it to where I'm confident in him coming in and handling business, uh, running the game plan. I, I like Dan's call of like maybe a defensive matchup initially. Maybe Toledo starts to figure things out. Um, I don't think they lose this one. I think Toledo's gonna win. I'm gonna do twenty-four Toledo, seventeen Wyoming. All right. All right. Well, there you have it. Our predictions for the Barstool Bull. So by
0: up. about eight P.M. on Saturday night Eastern time, we'll find out which one of us is right. Absolutely. That will do it for the football portion of the show. We'll be back to talk a little bit of basketball, but first Let's go to this message from Highland Appliance, everything you've never expected from an appliance store.
4: Today, thousands of people will shop at Highland Superstores, but who and why? Let's find out. Sir, Yo, your name and what do you do? Oh, I'm Chester Moss. I'm a rumor circulator. A rumor circulator. That's right. Uh Oh, hey, by the way, congratulations. For what? I understand you beat the embezzlement rep. No, I I didn't beat any embezzlement (laughs) rap. What are you... Yeah. (laughs) Look, we're all wondering why you came to Highland today, sir. Well, the truth is because Highland has a fairly talented service department. Oh, no. Now, wait a minute here. What? Highland has its own expert service department. Oh, you mean you haven't heard? No. Heard what? About that awful typhoon that swept all the experts away. No. Yeah, the best service department in town wiped out just like that. Mr. Moss. Hmm? That is a terrible rumor. Why, thank you. Mr. Moss, not even you can defame Highland's service department. Their reputation for excellence is known far and wide. That's true. <clears throat> once they're paroled from prison, I'm sure they can once again become useful members of society. Mr. Moss. Hey, I'm only trying to make a living. Highland. Nobody, but nobody, sells for less.
0: We hope you visit Highland Appliance. It was if it were still around. Yeah, two, it'd be extraordinary if you could
2: still fact, visit Highland. There, were, there were two
0: locations back in 1972: 5620 Monroe Street and 45 4405 Woodville Road. So, just in case you were wondering, for people out there that. Have no idea what we're talking about when we talk about Highland Appliance. Just
2: go ahead and hit the Google machine and look up Highland Appliance, and, and you'll know what we're talking about. And actually, the commercials are very hilarious on YouTube. Yes, you'll, you'll enjoy
0: it. So anyway, that's our own little uh, dug deep from the archives. Exactly. That's, a, that's our Christmas gift to you right there. All right, so let's talk basketball now. And the Rocket Men coming off a, a disappointing loss on the road at West Virginia. A game they were down at one point, fifteen to four to start the game. Had a nice rally. Looked like they were gonna possibly, uh, you know, make it even more interesting. They uh, they did outscore West Virginia in the second half, but um, it just wasn't to be, and the Rockets lose on the road, ninety-one eighty-one.
3: Yeah, the Rockets relatively dominated in the middle twenty minutes of that game. Um, they came back. They they came out just like flat. They didn't seem like they were pressing defensively. Uh, I think West Virginia hit 11 of their first 13 shots, and then as their regular season percentage shows, they cooled off quite a bit, and Toledo made a run, Um, but the depth doesn't seem to be quite there. Uh, Raheem Moss did not start the game, uh, has a little shoulder injury going on, but he he played quite a few minutes uh, before fouling out in the last couple minutes of the game, Um, a technical foul that kind of gave West Virginia the ball back and a few free throws near the end of the game. And then it was, it was all said and done, but uh, you're not going to win too many games against anybody giving up 91 points. I don't care who it is.
0: No, you're exactly right. Rockets with that loss are now six and six and have a nice time off until uh, the second, which is Tuesday when they go down to Athens to take on the Ohio Bobcats in the convocation center. That game, by the way, can be seen on ESPN So, um, there you go on that. Uh, looking at OU, I mean, if anybody's ever been down there, it is a a great venue, um, and it's and, and the students really come out and support
3: them. Uh, January second. I'm not sure if students will be back in town by them. So, um, right. The fact that we get them really early into the semester or it might be the helpful. Semester, yeah, that might actually help. As Trisha Culip said, uh, they might have the most the loudest band in the conference in that big yeah, exactly.
0: building. Exactly. Yeah, OU the Bobcats are six and five overall. And uh right now it looks yeah, they're coming off a sixty-seven, I'm sorry, seventy-one sixty-seven loss at Austin P. And they played Marshall this year, correct? They yeah. did play Marshall and they lost seventy-four sixty-nine, so Okay.
2: Similar schedules. Yeah.
0: They did beat Defiance though, 108-28. Oh well. They had that yellow Jackets. <laughs> that
2: was worth the trip. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: what's that, eighty points?
2: <laughs> was that against the men's team?
0: <laughs> it might have been the <laughs> JB.
2: Yeah, the freshman team because yeah. they are D3, they might have or uh, still have a freshman team.
0: So anyway, yeah, so that's uh that's coming up and then the Rockets do return home uh on Friday to take on Miami. The Red Hawks come to town, so that'll be uh next week
3: to start the new year and Miami did defeat Vermont after uh Vermont's us. Yeah, 26 point loss at home. Um that game was also during uh, the women's Duke game. So yeah. I'm not sure if the crowd was affected. Students were also on, you know, winter break. Uh-huh. Um, but that's if you had to choose between one or the other. <laughs> probably quite a few that chose to sit home and watch the the Duke game. On yeah, we had the ACC. split screen
0: going. Yeah, yeah, they beat them seventy to sixty nine on a buzzer beater. This is a team, Miami, that's uh f- five and six this year, four and one at home, one and five on the road. You know what I think happened though to Vermont. Have you ever been to the that arena down there that, in, yeah, in, in in Miami. Oh, Millette Hall? Yeah, Millett they probably Hall. they probably got lulled to they, sleep. That's exactly what happened. It, it's so dark in there it's, and it's, dank that they just uh, didn't even realize there was a game going on. Well,
3: as, as we kind of pivot towards women's basketball, uh, my aunt Kelly Savage... <laughs> Um, she, she has nothing but bad things to say about that arena. She's, I think, she had a four point game down there, and she, yeah, she <laughs> did not have great, great records down there. There's like a black curtain in the one end zone. Oh so yeah, it throws off your yeah. whole death perception. Yeah. yeah,
2: we went down when we, when we lived in Cincy, We were at a UT uh, Miami men's game, and it was the night that the Gulf war, or the Persian Gulf war, broke out. Oh, and wow. that's dating myself, but. <laughs> uh, Nonetheless, they instead of announcing it over the PA, they spread flyers around the arena that just said the US has just entered the war with Iran in, you know, in the Persian Gulf war. Well,
0: I was going to say the PA system was probably broken, like well, the last time I was been. down there.
2: But literally it was after they passed out the flyers, there was no cheering. I mean, that was the weirdest game I've ever attended. And it was already a library to begin with. That's what I call the place is a library because it's like she said, it's got dark curtains over the end zones. And then it's a it's not a a very sound friendly arena. Everything's they've got like all kinds of banner, not banners, but uh, sound dampening things hanging from the ceiling. You want the place to be loud. You don't want the sound to be dampened. (laughs)
3: <laughs> that's that's crazy yeah yeah. I, well
2: at least that's the way it was in the 90s maybe they've changed it since now
3: but i've still never been there i know that they just went through a large renovation but the you're, the you're. main point of the reg- re- renovation was lighting and on tv i mean yeah i guess the court looks lit up but if you watch a game on espn plus from toledo you can't yeah all of savage is lit up it looks beautiful right and you watch, there's like, you can
0: see two rows
3: yeah, at Miami. and everything else is dark. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're not missing shit. It's a Yeah, it's a you, you're
3: not
2: missing shit by going down there. You're better off going, if you're going down there, go to a game at UC or Xavier.
3: Mm. <laughs> well, Xavier's uh, old head coach is Miami's head coach for basketball now. Right. So in his second year, um, they look to be maybe turning around the program. Right.
0: So uh, you heard Dan mention his Aunt Kelly Savage. In case you're just wondering. Hall of Famer, varsity T Hall of Famer for the Toledo Rockets. Just a little bit younger than yours truly here. Maybe by a year or two. But she was something else when uh when Pat and I were doing the games on WXUT. Absolutely. Uh,
3: yeah, and, um she is the three point uh leading shooter in Toledo history. history. Yep. Tied by the one great uh deuce, Courtney Ingersoll. Mm-hmm. Um that W N I T run really helped her get the amount of games into <laughs> to be to, to catch, <laughs> to catch, that catch record. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, that'll
0: do it. That'll do it. So, uh, going on the women's side, they had a nice little streak going there. They won five straight before going down to Durham and losing to the Duke Blue Devils, seventy to forty-five. Of course, as we said before we started the show, having Quanisha Lockett sure would have helped a lot.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, and and I think one of the things that hurt was her quickness not being there on the floor, uh, and the fact that our fives played well, but not well enough just because of, of Duke's length
3: and their wingspan. Yeah. Hannah really, Hannah Novorovsky's definitely found her groove in the fourth quarter. And, and we kind of pushed the game a little bit closer than it was for the majority of it. Um, but, you know, they're such a good team. And when you're missing yeah. your all conference, you know, player of the year in a spot like that, and it's really the first game that the, the ladies haven't played with her. Um, it was a tough ask. And, and we only gave up 70 points, so it. You know, the Bowling Green women gave up 90 to South Carolina. Right. Um, So, you know, I'd like to think if we hosted South Carolina, we would be a little bit better defensively than Bowling Green Might have been able to hold them to 80. Yeah,
0: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But, yeah. 79 I mean, and a half. <laughs> when, and,
2: like, when we had Coach Coach Cullup on a few weeks ago, uh, she said, you know, when you're going to Duke, you, chances are you're an All-American. Mm-hmm. So the the skill level is quite a jump up, not, the, n- not taking anything away from our women at all, mm-hmm. but you've got to have all your weapons going in, into an environment like that. And they had fourteen hundred
3: fans. And I was just gonna say that two or three hundred of them were Toledo fans behind the right. bench. It looked awesome in the shots that they showed the bench. Um, so kudos to the Lady Rocket fans that travel.
2: Oh, absolutely! And going back to the Oakland game before that, it looked like they maybe had seven hundred people in the fan in the in the stands, mm-hmm. and there was probably one hundred and fifty, two hundred, you know, Toledo fans there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously the women's fans travel well. We, we sell out the home you know, arena when big teams come to town. And then even against you know, lesser teams after the Michigan game, there was still 4,000 there yeah. on, a, on a Sunday with great NFL games on.
0: Steelers and Browns were playing there. Yeah,
2: day. And, and, and we still churned out 4,000 people, and it was, and they were allowed 4,000.
3: Oh, for sure, and that's definitely the loudest building in the conference for the women. Um, but uh, the ball State ladies are cooking now, too, so that's going to be a team that we have to <laughs> battle with uh, for Mac supremacy this year. Yeah,
2: I think you know Kent State and Ball State are are the the, the two teams that we're going to have to
3: contend with for the for supremacy in the Mac. Yeah, they just knocked off. Ball State beat another power power conference team this last week, and they have one of the top uh, top five three-point shooters in the country. Um, so you know, hopefully Quenisha can get healthy quick. Um, I'd, I'd like to not miss more than two or three more without her, but we are, I think the roster is probably set up as long as we miss any other injuries, uh, to get through at least January without her.
2: Yeah. Ball state ended up beating Georgia on the 21st Okay, yep. fifty by a point 52 51. So yeah, they've definitely got some, some strength going on down in Muncie, and going back to Quenisha, I mean, it was a weird injury. It didn't look like anything dramatic. It was in the Oakland game where the Oakland center came down with a rebound turn to pivot and, and go away and just knock knees with Quinisha. and it it almost looked like she hyper extended her her leg rather than any kind of lateral movement in the knee so hopefully we
3: can get her back very soon yeah anything high higher ankle knee-ish area it's just scary so you just gotta absolutely you gotta pray for that yeah um have, yeah
0: so yeah women coming up on saturday they have division two hillsdale coming to town for a two o'clock tip perfect situation they play at two. Bowl games at 4.30. Gives you enough time to go to a stubborn brother or head on down to the Blarney. I'm sure there's watch parties going on both places in order to ruin on the Rockets. Heck, even maybe uh, down the road at Arnesto's, uh, also known as Arnie's, along with Jake's. So I'm just giving a shout out to everybody around here. <laughs> You're going to have to find a place in Tucson where you can pull up the uh,
2: women's game.
0: Well, maybe out in the parking lot.
2: There you go. There you go.
0: So then, after that, uh, Mac play opens uh, with a Wednesday trip on the third of January to Miami, and the aforementioned uh, Shadet Hall. We're going to call it shit. You know, <laughs> shit try to influence Shitlet Hall. And then uh, they got back-to-back road games: Eastern Michigan on Saturday the sixth, before coming home to take on Western Michigan on the tenth. So,
3: um, and over the past, you know, fifteen years, it, that George Gervin Arena Center or whatever. That place has not been nice to us shooting the no, ball either. No. So I expect Toledo to have four or five times the amount of fans as Eastern and uh hopefully we can get a win there. Uh their coach just uh was either let go or retired. So um Eastern I think working through some things.
2: So we're at a point in the season for both teams, men and women. Guys, we're heading into the Mac. What are your
3: thoughts for the Mac season on each side of the ball? I okay, so I think for the men I kind of don't care what happens during the regular season and that's not I'm going to follow the team obviously go to games but I the team is so young Um, they have a little bit of veteran leadership with you know Moss and Maddox but I think as long as you get into the tournament you make the top eight anything can happen so if you have to maneuver the roster throw some new plays and try some things out and you don't win every game it's not really that important. I, I'm thinking the same thing on the men's side. I'm looking more for growth and
2: continuity throughout the season. If I, okay, so they lose a couple games. They lose a few games in the MAC championship. But like you said, if they're in the top eight, you know, we get to the tournament, anything can happen. But I want to see progression and continuity as the season goes along. Can we maintain you know, going 10 deep? Can we can we get that kind of activity in depth? Uh, are there younger guys that are going to step up through the season, and
3: you know make us that complete team that can finally win that tournament? Yeah, we've got Sonny Wilson, Wilson a freshman, and he's kind of going through some growing pains. And, sure. And you have like Maddox. I don't like his shot selection all the time. Um, He's kind of got a – he has such a, a good vertical. He really hangs in the air when he shoots. But you saw West Virginia who was really long. They could block those. Exactly, and they so, did. So if you're taking shots from 25 feet out and you have got that type of shooting style, it's probably not going to go in. So let's maybe get it in the circle and, and let Simmons work down there or Birchich or,
0: or anybody. Just yeah. run the offense. Right. The Rockets last year, <clears throat> excuse me, you know they went sixteen and two in conference play. Had a, at one point, I think they won seventeen straight, including the last non-conference game. Mm-hmm. They were on a roll, or maybe there might have been a non-conference. Anyway, they did did yeah. one. They won a shit ton in a row. Let's put it that way. Yep. And and uh, you know to go sixteen and two, win the regular season. Like you were saying, I trade that in for a, a chance to play the NCAA tournament. Go twelve and six. I'll take that. Yeah, 15 and
3: 16 seeds win it all the time now. Yeah. You played a tough non-con. You got ready for the conference schedule. Um, yep. Beat beat your rival and just continue to grow. Obviously, teams are shooting at a little bit too high of a percentage against us. I'd like to you know, step up defensively. Do, yeah, exactly. Um, and then simple things like make your free throws. We're listen, missing the front end of a lot of like one-and-ones, and that stuff bothers
2: me. Which, traditionally, we're a better free-throw yeah. shooting team than this. This has uh, come to fruition this season, but... On the other side of the ball, with the women's program, I think
3: we have a little bit different level of expectations. For sure. Um, there's not, it's not a very deep league. So that out-of-conference schedule is definitely going to help us going forward. Um, I think defensively, we're awesome. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if there weren't, there were games the teams don't get to 40 on us. Absolutely. So um, for that, I just, I guess just show out in the stadium, be loud. And, um, you know, let's just, Hold out until Quenisha can get back healthy and see if we're undefeated by that time. We open up I and mean, ball states pretty early in the conference schedule. And too. even while Quenisha's out, I
2: mean, look at look at like Emmy. <sighs> Emmy has come yeah. on strong. I mean, and I think she's kind of replaced Quenisha in the starting lineup while she's been injured. But even before that, Coach Coach Cullup said she loves her game. I mean, she's the second leading you know shot blocker on the team. And for a girl that's, I think, believe six one that or six foot, that's that's incredible. So she's a, a great athlete. She's she's shooting well. I think she, I think one of against Oakland, she had fifteen points and mm-hmm. six rebounds. Uh, so yeah, there are some people that are stepping up, and and like Coach said, she wants to get the younger players involved, and that's that's going to make it possible for us. To get to the NCAA tournament again, hopefully, and
3: make an even deeper run. Yeah, Unai, Curry, you know, Fagan, Dykstra, let, Let's yeah. build build that depth for the future because we are going to graduate a crap ton uh, of players uh, yeah, this exactly.
0: Year. Yeah, and the you know, think about it, last year. They were sixteen and two, you know, won the Mac tournament, got that first round win over Aunt Kelly's old coach. Absolutely Bill Fenley at uh at Iowa State now. He'd been there forever. So I mean, this is a team that I can see you know winning it all again. I mean, they have the they do have the talent, they have the depth. I mean, with uh, Hannah back after the injury last year, um, you know, Cook maybe having a little bit more confidence than she had last year. It'll be a it'll be it'll be a fun year. Let's I mean, it that way. I I don't
2: think there's any other team in the MAC that has has the, the depth and, and the, uh, the quality of player in the center position or the five position as Toledo, and ma- right.
3: many not in mid majors. No, we're still a top ten mid major team, definitely, and you'll see. Even if we do, you know, meet Ball State and Cleveland, Toledo's done it. We've been there, yep. so that's going to be huge uh, when that time rolls around. It, especially with all that experience on this team, right? And we'll be here at least uh, once every two weeks to keep you guys, uh, keep you guys with it, with the with the happenings of uh, both of our basketball teams uh, going forward into the twenty twenty four school year.
0: We'll keep you abreast, so to speak, without making a boob of ourselves. On behalf of Big Ben Sullivan and engineer producer extraordinaire Kyle W. Smith, I am Rocket Ryan Brandt.
2: I am PJ Spiller. Dan Rocket Man Savage. Good right. night, everybody. T-O-L! EDO, E-D-O.